0: Journey, Chapter 1 The Way Out of Hell. If we bring forth what is inside of us, what we bring forth will save us, said Dionysus. There was a great pause while I stared into his brown eyes. Then why are we trapped? There's no way out! I noticed the boy's eyes turn red after he heard me shout. We can pray. And maybe a prayer will reveal the way, said Dionysus. How will a prayer help? We're stuck in hell, damn it! We're trapped in the center of the earth, and no one will find us because we're buried alive in this granite. Not quite. This is heaven, but you haven't found it yet. There's nothing to worry about, since we alone are our own worst threat, said Dionysus. There were rocks on top of us, there were rocks beneath us, and everywhere I crawled I felt the jagged jaws of nature's sharp teeth clench down around us. Only moments ago, Jane reached the top of the tower when there was a terrible earthquake. Then the entire cavern collapsed around us before the rocks started to fall and break. Of course this was hell, but it wasn't hot like you'd imagine hell to be. It was lonely, cold and there was no way we'd ever get free. Now the hell you speak of, there is one way out, but it only appears once you start looking for opportunities, and that's when you discover what heaven is really about. Keep one eye open in case something changes, and be mindful of how these stories emerge as nothing more than a dream. Each of us is an architect of his or her true fortune, and in the end, a human being's life is measured by the challenges that have been redeemed," said Dionysus. Opportunities, my boy, but what of our life is left? All that's left to give is our own lives and wait for death. And that is our opportunity. A life to live, a life to be. A life to come, a life to be. A life to live, and that is our opportunity. And these opportunities I speak of are hidden in something like a maze. Why, yes, these opportunities are like portals waiting to be discovered. Mind you, they are hiding in plain sight. And these are fresh beginnings that are waiting to be uncovered. This moment is our opportunity. There we can realize we are already free. All you have to do is look through the right lens, and then you'll see we're right where we need to be. A life to live, a life to be, said Dionysus. What are you talking about? I'm afraid this is the end. I've never been closer to death, and this is it, my friend. The end is the beginning, and the beginning is the end. You are just looking at it with the wrong perspective, and that's why we need you to get the proper lens. Now it takes the right focus, and anyone can see it with a focused eye. Heaven is right in front of you, not a place after you die. The way to freedom may seem elusive, but it's so obvious even if it's sneaky yet stern. I've learned to follow the intuition's way because going forward is my only concern. Woe to those who turn back. Once we start, we ought not turn around and waste our time. We must continue forward to the end of the labyrinth even if it feels like a never-ending climb. Know this climb is heaven. Paradise is the journey to the mountain's peak. Because wherever you stumble, there lies the treasure you seek," said Dionysus. Oh, but we've been damned. This place is the opposite of paradise. How could I deserve this? Surely my sins do not constitute this as a price for my life. Transcend duality. Look beyond pain and pleasure. Wherever you stumble, there lies your treasure said Dionysus, and for the second time I heard it rhyme. Had it been days or weeks wedged in the middle of the earth, O Lord, have I lost my mind. I rose to my feet and stumbled everywhere I went, but still it was so dark and dismal that my soul felt lost and blind. How has this happened? Don't tell me I've been stuck here for years. But alas, isn't that what hell is? And now this terrible nightmare shook my reality and it frightened me into tears. This illusion twisted and turned when I envisioned the rocks above falling. The entire cavern almost crunched Dionysus and I like a leaf of lettuce between a raw and rigid jawline. Yes, we were trapped in granite teeth, a slow bite to devour us and soon we'd be dead. But by a bizarre twist, this cavern did not sever our bodies in half and somehow this entire ceiling had stopped just short of our heads. Ever since the earthquake settled, I couldn't tell if this rocky formation was something real. Was it an illusion of the mind? But if it was a fantasy, then why could my senses still feel? The boulders overhead were poised and ready to devour the boy and I. We were caught between these ancient teeth, since hell was the place where you get chewed up and eaten alive. I reached up to touch this giant set of molars when I could not help but wonder what mad nightmare I'd gotten into this time. Wake up, wake up! Tell me it's not real. But again I touched the rock and reality was all I could feel. I swear the entire earth collapsed upon us, but how hadn't the boy or I died? Looking to my left, the boy named Dionysus was smiling while he cried, but his tears were tears of joy and now a pool of water rained out. The boy released so much water from his eyes it felt as if a stream started to sprout. Are we dead? I asked the boy. Silent as two mice, it was clear that something had happened to his mind. I remembered a memory when the poor child turned into a beast. Or was that beast living in this poor boy by design? How on earth could you describe it? Little Dionysus laughed and danced, but I felt no exuberance since I knew there was nowhere we could advance. We want to live. Father, I say this to you. We want to live. Father, I call out to you. I am sending my plea. He is in misery. I pray to you. We want to live on. Father, I say this to you. A life to live, a life to be. A life to come, a life to be. A life to live, a life to be take pity on me father have mercy on me i am sending my plea great spirit take pity on me a life to come a life to be a life to live a life to be said dionysus this was a song of sorts and he sang the vibration through the maze of rocky walls the sound rippled among the collapsed formations entrenched in the jaws of what felt like an ancient snake samskara said the boy pointing at the cavern. This rocky ridgeline held a crawl space with enough open room to shuffle around through this gap. The tunnel was big enough for both of us, but both of us were trapped. Dionysus's eyes gazed into mine. His little hands were so excited when he raised a merlinite stone in his left fist while he raised the selenite wand in his right. Oh, now I remember. All we have to do is surrender. Have you heard about the tree of life? asked Dionysus. Oh, poor Dionysus, your joy is making me so sad. Do you understand that we're trapped? And I'm afraid you've gone mad. I'm madly in love, and who are you? said Dionysus. I'm Levi, don't you remember? Remember what? whispered the boy named Dionysus. What a terrible nightmare it was. I couldn't tell where reality began and where this hallucination ended my hand reached up to touch the rocky grooves overhead again. The inner earth felt so heavy, and such dreadful weight hovered over my awareness from all sides. If I could feel it, then I was stuck inside. This overhang sloped down where it was crushed into the floor. There was no way out on this side, but again, it was all a mad dream. Why, I'd just seen Jane and a green serpent woman named Medusa disappear and it all seemed so vivid and real, why it felt as if I had been talking to them for some time. Then the moment skipped, the cavern collapsed, and even this dream continued to rhyme. "'Are you real?' I asked Dionysus. "'Well, what do you feel?' he asked back. "'We're trapped in hell, aren't we? Does that mean I'm damned? I swear I did my best to live a good life, but I am just a simple man.' We're not dead, and neither of us are damned. All we need is one little opportunity to break free, and that's our plan," said Dionysus. I raised my arms and felt the metal collar that was still chained around me like the ape I appeared to be. The chain had since broken, but the shackle was locked around my neck. Naked, hairy, and covered in dirt, I crouched low and sat on the rocky teeth. I thought I'd be more afraid to die, but I'm just exhausted." Opportunities appear when we are fearless, so we must be close. Cheer up. This is how life on the great vine grows," said Dionysus. The boy tilted his head and looked into my eyes. There I saw the only light left in this terrible maze. Now I noticed a great release of energy from within his pupil as water poured out from his gaze. Are you crying? Grudraksha, he said. Now was he really here? Or would he disappear? And how did this delusion materialize, since I could see him there in front of me smiling around all this fear? Leaning against the rocks, I pondered how the imagination could craft this to be, and I remembered how this had happened before. Somehow I was locked in a cell, and even then I was the furthest from free. I remembered they'd taken me through a giant brass door, and I was even chained in a pit As crazy as the madness appears to be, how come it never seems to quit? It's called crazy wisdom, and it's just trying to wake you up, said Dionysus. His words seemed to state something impossible, and somehow his mind had no choice but to interpret my pain as joy. How was he so content? What state of mind could bring upon such great bliss to one tiny boy? You ready to go, asked Dionysus. Go where? How had he gotten here? Was he part of the illusion? And now that I think of it, how had I witnessed Jane disappear into all this confusion? It must have been a figment in my imagination. And the more I interacted with the characters of this dream, the more they showed me things. But nothing in this vision was as real as real life would seem. This dream was changing. Life moved along like a slow puzzle, but it was impossible to solve since these boulders could not be moved by the strength of human muscle. And not more than an hour ago, I swear the boy appeared as a devil, such an awful beast to be near, but now he was a little boy who was just a bit special. Oh, this poor child, and what if this boy was trapped in this nightmare just like I? Then had I come to help him find a way out? And somehow his tears of joy continued to cry. There is a way out," said Dionysus. No, that's not possible. Never say never. The great vine of creation is unstoppable," said Dionysus. The great vine! Now what was he talking about? The more nonsense he spoke, the more the anger within my body wanted to scream and shout. Then a thought came to my mind, and I could see the grooves of my mental patterns etched into my brain. There, the suffering was rooted as firm as these jagged rocky formations, and somehow I realized this was the basis of all my pain. Do you hear that? asked Dionysus. It was silent except for a trickle of water. Yes, I heard drips of water before they splashed into a pool. Those tears poured out from his eyes, and little Dionysus appeared like such a joyful fool. What is that? That's our opportunity. It's how we go from darkness to light. This is the lowest spot on the deepest level. And when I imagine the great vine, then we need water to bring it to life," said Dionysus. Huh? It was so dark, and I'm certain the boy and I would soon be dead. My fingers meandered along the edges of this crawl space, but everywhere I looked there was no path left ahead. Come back to the present. Can you hear that water trickling down? Creation requires water, and this is how life was first found," said Dionysus. I couldn't focus. My mind spun off like a wheel. And how was any of it happening? Was anything even real? Do you hear the water? Doesn't it sound a bit like a clock ticking? See creation is the maker of all time. Now can you focus on the water dripping? He asked. Yes, I hear it. Then my ma was right. Oh Levi, there's no need to lose sight. Even though we're at the very bottom of it all, this is where creation is brought to life. No need to worry. This water is how we'll heal. We'll climb up through the grapevine, because I'm certain the tree of life is real," said Dionysus. The tree of life, no way, no how. This illusion twisted my mind into a knot about whatever he said, and what was the boy rambling about now. Oh, I even remember an ancient code, but I forgot how it goes. Did I mention there's a great queen who is my mother? And both she and the father are the only ones who truly know. Yes, they remember all life, and that's why I believe they're looking out for us now. I can almost remember how it all started, and I'm sure we can make it out of here somehow," said Dionysus. The boy lowered his body through a tight opening wedged between two of the giant rock teeth. His body descended into the darkness while only his head poked out. Do you think any of this is even real? I asked the boy. God is real, he answered. And what about that code? Tell me what you remember. I remember when the Titans came. I remember when I was dismembered, he paused. Now those tears vanished and the joy was gone. I could see his mind slip into his memory, and there I saw a gaze where hidden pain came along. It's my great-grandma's code, and she told me about it just before I was tossed down here. She wrote it on a single page, then the last thing she told me was to smile at fear," said Dionysus. This was unlike any dream I'd ever felt. My heart grew tender for whatever horrific condition the boy had. His life was far from normal, and I couldn't remember any child's life which had started so heart-wrenching and bad. It was so surreal. Is this how Job in the Old Testament felt? I'd been stuck here for so long, and so I collapsed onto my knees while I knelt. The journey took me as far as I could go, and still this boy kept descending down. How much deeper can one man go when there wasn't any hope to be found? There was no way I'd be free. This was the bottom at the very end. But somehow that boy named Dionysus smiled before his head disappeared in between the rocks when I heard his voice descend. It's a tight fit, but I think you can make it. The water is flowing down here, so I think the water can escape it, he said. Dionysus kept going down, but I couldn't go on. This was as far as I would venture. I was done with this worldly phenomenon. Somehow I could accept my finality, and now I was coming to terms with my death. Lying in the earth, all I wanted was eternal rest can you go a little deeper? There's something enchanted buried in this ground. Only after we experience hopelessness can we understand where the magic is found," said Dionysus. The boy was beneath me when my toes reached into the crevice. Dionysus was long gone inside the opening while I felt the spaciousness of the only dark descent left. The boy had disappeared out of sight while I slid into that dark opening like the water dripping over the cavern walls. This is the opportunity. This is our way out. You're just like all the shamans who touched the end of the underworld, and that's how they discovered our spirit's healing route," whispered Dionysus from beneath me. It had always appeared to get worse and worse the further I went, and now the boy led me into an opening so tight that the rocks pressed against my body while my limbs bent, step after step. I lowered my body into my grave and I started to cry, but I could barely fit as the shackle around my neck scraped the rocky sides. Dionysus, whoa there! Can you hear me? I don't know if I can fit. I've got this shackle around my neck. Step by step, my body squeezed around the tight tunnel before I could smell blood from a cut on my chin. And how could I smell in a dream if it wasn't real? After a few more steps, the shackle around my neck got stuck between two boulders when my temper boiled over as I yelled, Damn it! Why'd we come down here? The code. It's the only one my great-grandma knows. We're following the tree of life, and that's how the grapevine grows. You have to trust me, whispered Dionysus. What code? And why am I listening to a boy? Don't get angry, please. I don't want to forget again. I just want to remember, said Dionysus. Remember what? He was talking about something, but nothing made sense. Here, said Dionysus climbing up towards me. I have Medusa's key. Remember Jane's selenite wand that got her free? She said this crystal belonged to a psychopomp. And I'll unlock your neck, but only if you promise that you're here to protect. Protect what? The code and our calling. That's the way we'll get through these rocks, and if we use the elements of nature correctly, then they'll act like a combination to a very secret lock," said Dionysus. This dream was like a puzzle, and did this boy know the way through the labyrinth to be freed? If I said yes to this boy, then what? Was he saying he'd release me? I'll look after you. It's easy to make a promise when you're on your deathbed, because there's a certain feeling that nothing worse could go wrong. And if this leads me back to life, then someday I'll write a book about this terror, and I'll transform it with poetry, then I'll call it God's Song. Now the rhyme passed through my brain without thinking, and where were the thoughts in my head coming from? I could feel the weight of the promise when Dionysus claimed all the way up to look in my eyes. Tears of joy fell from his cheeks. Sitaram, Sitaram, Jai Hanuman, said Dionysus. What? Dionysus was level with me when he pressed the selenite wand against the shackle pinned around my neck. A bright white light jumped out from the tip of the crystal key before the metal collar dropped open. The shackle clattered down as the chains fell from my neck. Now the weight was gone. Oh, was this part of God's plan? And even if this was the end, then I would die as a free man. But please don't break the promise, said Dionysus. His eyes held a certain twinkle that I'll never forget. Now a splash sounded deep beneath us after the chain and shackle stopped bouncing down the rock passage. Yes, there was a pond down below. A pool and water leads back to life, said Dionysus. My feet were pressed on each side of the rock walls while Dionysus scurried down. This boy was far less careful about his safety than I was. Then I heard him yelp once his body fell as he splashed into the pond below. What is it, Dionysus? His head resurfaced. Water! It's fresh water, said Dionysus. This newfound freedom allowed my body to slip between the tight crevices, and before I knew it, I reached for the next step, but let go when I felt my body floating through thin air and… Yes, I giggled just like the boy now. Now what about that code? What does it say? How'd you know to come down here even deeper? How'd you realize that this was the wave? It's my great grandma's code. She gave it to me before they sent me down the dark tunnel. I've been thinking about that paper for ages, but once I lost it, I knew I was in trouble. All I can remember is it's something about a code and a map. It said something about the great vine of life and how to get out of suffering's trap, said Dionysus. A map for what? And what's the code about? Well, that's the thing. No one else knows. I always keep forgetting, but I'm sure I remember that there really is an ancient code," said Dionysus. So, how else does the code go? What did your great-grandma say? That's the problem. I keep forgetting, but she said the code is the way," said Dionysus. I drank mouthfuls of water when I noticed the boy struggled to swim. His chest and neck stayed afloat, but everything else was sinking. He latched onto me when I carried him to the shore of this inner cavern. I can't swim so good, said Dionysus. It's all right. You did well. You're a good boy, Dionysus. He was hunched over while his soaking clothes weighed him down. Resting beside him in the cavern's eerie stillness, my eyes wandered when I noticed his legs were not quite right. His knees were hinged backwards, as if his upper body was sitting on two giant springs. Why, yes, both of his knees were inverted. Those baggy pants covered the limbs of a beast or creature, because on the end of his legs I saw hooves. What is it? asked the boy. I could feel his eyes locked onto mine, but I'd never seen legs quite like this. How had he come together just like this? Are you okay? What else could one even say? Oh, my hooves don't swim good, said the boy. He pulled up his pant legs when I noticed he was half-boy, half-animal, and although this delusion appeared as pure insanity, the chaos was intelligent, and even playful. Each delusion presented a question, or a motive to a great drama, much like a parable, myth, or tale, and through my choice, I could go into any set of situations where another choice would lead me somewhere else. One door would open, another would close. And I did remember something about a psychopomp, and it too had missing legs or something other than toes. I'd never seen such strange feet on a boy either. And where does this child's fur end? Why, not long ago, I swear he transformed into a terrible beast. But now the boy and I seem to be friends. Are we friends? Well, you're my protector now, so I don't see why not. After all, we're all we got," said Dionysus. Then can I ask you a question, since we're friends?" Sure, he said. What are you? It was a strange question, and I'm not sure if I'll ever phrase it like that again. The thought perplexed poor Dionysus, and I looked away in case I offended my new friend. Rather than wait for an answer, the silence weighed on me, and so I turned to stand up and look for, don't leave, I'm still thinking of an answer. I just don't know how to say it, he paused. Oh. My gaze caught sight of those hooves again. I'm sure they belong to a species of animal much like a cow, ox, or horse without a mane. Instead of toes on each foot, he had a long black nail with a worn down heel that seemed as if he could conquer any terrain. Well, my parents told me I'm Dionysus, but I'm not sure if that's who I really am. I'll let you know once I stop forgetting. But all I remember is that my lower nature is a creature that hasn't really swam," said Dionysus. "'And why do you keep forgetting? How would I know? I'm always forgetting what I'm supposed to know. One minute everything's just fine, then the next thing I know I'm seeing red and I forget how it goes,' said Dionysus. "'But you can remember that you're forgetting. That means you remember something.' "'Oh, sure. I remember after I forget. I guess all I remember is to keep going, and that's why I never quit," said Dionysus nodding. And what does it feel like? The boy looked over the water when an exotic white bird appeared. Had it flown in, or how had it gotten down here? There it was, perched upright on the other shore, and I think this was a white crane. The bird was silent with one eye on us when Dionysus spoke aloud and began to explain. First the forgetting starts with a panic, then something terrible grips me from all sides. It always feels like I'm fighting against fire, but that's like trying to run from a giant beast when there's nowhere to hide. Pretty soon worries turn to rage, then a beast takes over all control. And if I could stop it I would, but by the time I wake up it steals all the memories from my tired little soul. I'm so sick of not remembering, that's why my great grandma wrote down the yogi's code. She said it's the ancient secret from the wisdom of the sages. It's the way of how the grapevine grows, said Dionysus. Yes, and what about this grapevine? Ma said the grapevine is the way, and if I keep trying, I'll find it soon. She said that out of all the people ever born, that next time it's my time to bloom. And what's the code used for? Gardening, I think, shrugged Dionysus. Oh, shit. I'd forgotten how this was all a wild dream. And yes, that white bird with the thin legs seemed to be intent on watching both the boy and I think. Did you say gardening? Why, I've lost my mind. Well, it's for the flower of life, of course, interrupted Dionysus. Because all vines need water, especially the ones stuck in rocks. That's why I knew I had to follow the water leaking from my teardrops. And you haven't lost your mind. You're so close to being sane but now I'm getting awfully curious about this strange white crane." Dionysus stood up and stepped his hooves into the shallows of the water. He balanced his weight on his right foot, bent his left knee, and took hold of his left ankle behind his body with his left arm. Standing tall, he opened his chest, then inhaled and raised his right arm over his head. He pressed his left leg into his left hand, imitating the bird's wing. His back was curved like a bird, and why, yes, the boy balanced on one leg, tilted as if speaking to that white crane. "'What are you doing?' I whispered. "'Naturajasana,' the king dancer's pose," he said. The boy kept his focus on his posture before taking another deep breath in. Now the bird winked, as if a conversation was set to begin. "'It's called play, and since I'm part animal, I'm listening to what this white crane has to say," said Dionysus. The bird rotated his head as if to check that the coast was clear. Then it crept along the far shoreline into one of the darkest tunnels. Yep, I knew it. He said he'll lead us out as long as we keep up. But there's something he wants to show us first. We're making a pit stop at the giant king's cup," said Dionysus. I peered through this underground lair and watched the crane enter into deep water, which stretched down the dark cavern before the bird disappeared into the lack of light. Are we really going to follow it into that deep water with no sight?